Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Fighting Arizona Podcast, episode number 364. I'm your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening and watching. We're on the road to 400 episodes, and today we're sitting down with the Grand Canyon Boy Scouts, the Grand Canyon Council of Boy Scouts of America, and it is wonderful to have one of their representatives, Andy, come in and share their story and share what they're about. I was very encouraged about this conversation since it was on Father's Day, and we are excited to share what they have going on and what's new for their stuff and so we are so excited to share all that information so you can connect with them through the bio that we always put on every episode and that will lead us into our neck of the woods which is you can hear every episode of finding arizona podcast at finding arizona podcast.com we make it easy for you guys to connect with us so finding arizona podcast is where you'll find all of our social media handles last but not least if you want to send us an email at finding arizona on the podcast at gmail.com that's a place for you to go do so so that being said i just want to say there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes we have a lot of new pieces that uh we are just trying to fix up and make sure that they're nice and lined up but on top of that we are starting to do some commercials um, some ideas about commercials and things like that britney's been working with a lot of uh, the people who want to be on the commercial side and want to share what their advertisements is we always try and make it as local as possible if if we don't do it local it's a franchise that has a local arizona chapter so that being said we hope you guys are encouraged to stick to uh, stay tuned and stick to all the uh, people that we have coming in as uh, supporters for us uh, that being said we will get right into this episode episode number 364 with the grand canyon council of boy scouts of america as always kisses hugs and belly rubs and we'll see you on the next one Welcome back, everybody, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose. As always, we bring in fantastic guests every week, and today is no different. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd love to introduce you to Andy, who will be joining us and talking about the Grand Canyon Council of Boy Scouts of America. Welcome, Andy. Welcome. Good uh, Good morning. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. Absolutely. So I'm going to just uh, start out by asking you the question that we typically ask everyone in our and when they come into our kind of neck of the woods is just how you how you got started and how this became a part of your life. Just because I know Boy Scouts has a deep, rich history. If you want to dive into that, that's great as well. But I'd love to understand your your kind of approach or how you came into the Boy Scouts. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my life's work has been scouting, but it really started for me as a second grade boy uh, nice. in uh, in Lawrenceville, Georgia, kind of in near Atlanta. Uh, and uh, somebody came to our school and told us all about scouts and said that mm -hmm. scouts get to have fun and go camping and hiking and fishing and that everybody who had been to the moon was an Eagle Scout. And if I worked really, really hard, I might could be an Eagle Scout. And I thought, well, that sounds like an awful lot of fun. And I don't remember this from, you know, 30, 40 years ago, but my mom says I came home from school raving about going to the moon and becoming an Eagle Scout. Nice. And uh, and so she signed me up to be a Cub Scout in Pac 500 uh, there in Lawrenceville. And um, and and that was really the beginning of it. I um, became a Cub Scout. I have two younger brothers. And as my parents saw the fun that I was having, the things that I was learning, uh, the good the good people we were around in scouting. Uh, they put my brothers in scouting and I crossed over from Cub Scouts into the Boy Scouts when I turned 11 and mm -hmm. uh, and and worked hard, had a lot of fun, went to camp, did all kind of fun things, learned life skills, merit badges, earned merit badges and whatnot. 
became an Eagle Scout. And uh, like a lot of kids around 16 or so, I kind of thought, well, I've done that. And I uh, got a part-time job in high school and had a girlfriend and just all the things that, you know, are part of being 16, 17 years old. And so I, I kind of drifted away from scouting, went to college and uh, had a little banking career for a short period of time. It wasn't quite the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember my mom said, we'll go work for the Boy Scouts. And I had no idea people worked for the Boy Scouts. And there aren't very many of us, but I had no idea. And uh, and so I uh, I went into work for the Boy Scouts in 1997, mm-hmm. thinking it would be two years. And then I'd go back and get a graduate degree and get a real job. And uh, 26 years later, I'm here, Phoenix, Arizona, working in the Grand Canyon Council. I've worked in Georgia. I've worked in Texas and now here in Arizona. It's a great way to make a living because we're changing lives. We're, we're making the community better. We're helping boys. We're helping girls. We're helping future parents, future employees, future mm-hmm. employers. Um, and uh, it's just an awesome way to, to, to contribute back to the community. That's beautiful. I, again, I'm I'm very like... So we talked off air about this and just kind of the community aspect and just the the relationship that the group has with the community on a local level. And just I find that so fascinating, so interesting. Um, I'd love to just tailor it back to you and just kind of how how did you end up in Arizona? Was it due to kind of just like, you know, having to transfer into another spot or something like that? Yeah. So, so being a scout executive is a little bit like being a preacher. Okay. Uh, you kind of, you kind of work with your, with your flock, you work with your congregation and then uh, you do a good job and they give you a little bit bigger church to work with and a little nice. bit bigger church and you, you end up moving around the country. And, uh, and so I was, uh, I worked in two local councils in Georgia. Then I went to Amarillo, Texas, and then I was in Dallas, Texas. And uh, uh, almost five years ago, the board here, uh, my predecessor was retiring. And so the board here uh, was looking at uh, replacing him and uh, looking at some of the things I had done along with other candidates. And nice. uh, they decided to bring me over here to really move scouting forward. And um, in some ways to reintroduce scouting to today's families, we had lost a little bit of our way in terms of getting out there and making sure that every kid was invited to join scouting. And they wanted us to uh, to, to bring some of the things that we were doing in Texas very successfully uh, here to Arizona. Yeah, and Amarillo, I have to say, I've I've only ever passed through the the Panhandle. I believe that's the Panhandle there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just again, you know, good job for you to to be able to bring your level of that community on a smaller scale into this kind of. I have to say, it's a little bit bigger than Amarillo. And so just to understand, you know, that level of like, we're transferring you to a bigger flock and just, again, being able to bring the same approach with the same love and care and now into a bigger community. I think it's a, it's a true, um, it's a true look into what you guys are accomplishing on a, on that scale of, you know, bringing up the individuals who want to be a part of the, the Boy Scouts. And so I love to understand a little bit too, of like, for you, um, when you when you transferred into a bigger flock and like this and on a large scale, what's the first thing that you look at or what's the first approach that again, as you lost your as you lost your way, like you said, like how do you bring back that level of that uh, intimate uh, community scale? Yeah, you know, one of the things that we did very well in Texas was made sure that every year we worked with every school, every church faith group, every community to ensure that every kid was invited to join scouting. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, 
we obviously were inviting every kid to be a scout and their family. Yeah. But we also were creating an awareness so the community knew scouting was there and scouting was thriving and scouting was doing great things for kids. And so it was just a touch. It was a marketing touch, if you will. Yeah. And um, here in Arizona, we had gotten away from that. And so one of the very first things we started looking at was how do we get back to telling our story, telling the community, telling families, here's what scouting offers to you. Mm-hmm. Here's what scouting does for your kids, for your family, and what you what sort of outcomes you can expect. And so I would say one of the very first things we started looking at was how are we uh, communicating with, how are we connecting to today's families? Um, and unfortunately, we we ran right into the COVID era. I got here just <laughs> not long before COVID yeah. and some of the other things like that that have been you know challenging for scouting, but for everybody, right? Yeah. And uh, and so uh, we've, we're a little bit behind where we'd like to be, but we are uh, we've partnered with some marketing folks to help us get the word out. We've done some research to make sure that we use words that resonate with today's families. And uh, and we're starting to get that out. And we've seen growth every single month this year. And we're really, really excited to uh, continue growing scouting and getting more kids involved. Absolutely. I think that's a wonderful like aspect. I was going to go into that conversation of like, how did COVID affect you guys and what are some of the pivots? But you've already answered that question. I think it's really beautiful that you guys are now making yourself back again, like everyone else, a well-known uh, nonprofit organization. And I think with the help of many others like myself, who, who really want to be uh, kind of a cheerleader for you guys, I think that's going to be something to look forward to, the increase in growth that you will be able to accomplish, that I know you'll be able to accomplish because I think one of the best aspects of Arizona is some of the kind of community level uh, nonprofits that bring together those individuals who really, again, like I've I've met a couple of like nonprofit organizations and some of the stories that they've told me is just the incredible approach of the community bringing forth their love and their um, what they can to the organizations and the different ones out there. So I know that you'll be able to gain back some of those um, numbers. I'd love to in, you know ask this question: Is what makes this particular um, Arizona and being in the Grand Canyon state different from some of the other, like Georgia's a different environment when you go out into um, nature and just being able to train or earn the merit badges as they were. Um, what, what are some of the unique aspects that you kind of bring to those scouts that are here in Arizona? So one of the things that we try to do is leverage what the local um, community, the local culture, the local history has to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so in Georgia, we had certain camps and programs that were really no different than what we had in Texas or here in Arizona or anywhere yeah. else in the country. But we also had some things that were very specific to those to those areas uh, about the cultural history and, and, and things like that. They have a, a huge whitewater kayaking program there. They've got some oh. great rivers there in North Georgia. That you can do that, uh, do that with. Um, when I was in the Panhandle of Texas and Amarillo, uh, we introduced um, some shooting sports programs, some target sports programs that were nice. a lot of fun, very popular with kids. A way to keep kids in, in engaged with scouting as they get a little bit older. Yeah. Here we've offered, we've added uh, really kind of three different programs. Uh, one is called the Spade Ranch program. It's for middle school to high school age kids. Uh, so kids that have been in scouting for a little bit, uh, a little bit longer. And it really leverages uh, horsemanship, horseback riding, you know, horse okay. horse culture, which is very Western, very cowboyish, right? Um, and uh, along with hiking and backpacking and, and sort of the things that we've got there, we've also added a drone camp, which uh, where we leverage resources here in the high tech industries, uh, high tech, you know, high tech community to uh, to give kids an opportunity to learn about drones, which is certainly you know helps them with vocational, right, in the future. Yeah. 
Um, it's so cool. These kids get to um, build their own drones. They get to fly them. They get to crash them on purpose uh, and then rebuild them. So they're learning all kinds of cool things. They're learning I STEM. That. And, all that. Uh, and then and then also we added a program that's a collaborative program between uh, Boy Scouts of America and uh, Trout Unlimited, which is a fish camp program uh, okay. for kids to come in and spend an entire week learning from some amazing um, fly fishermen and fly fisherwomen uh, about, about the sport and about mm -hmm. fisheries management. So they're learning about environment, nature, improving fisheries, which means uh, they're improving water quality and uh, having out uh, having fun in the outdoors uh, as well. So we really look across the country with BSA at what are the local things that give scouting flavor that yeah. would be resonant with the kids and the families. And so those are three things that we've introduced here in Arizona over the last few years. I love that. That is actually the three, like that's perfect to being able to have those three new programs. And I'm very fascinated about the drone one because I'm a drone flyer myself. I have one of my own and I love, I love, I love being able to see a different view of the world and on a, on that scale. And so that is really up my alley there. Um, what are for you? It's like as you kind of uh, see the the difference in this community and just kind of as it grows and as you are progressing along. What are some of the challenges that we may not see as the individual or the parent that is going to bring their child in? Uh, what are some of the challenges that you kind of need us to understand, or at least maybe we can help you out and 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 fix. One of the biggest challenges that we have today for scouting is that we don't have enough scout troops everywhere where we want them. Okay. Um, we, we've got about 275 scout troops, but we cover almost the entire state of Arizona. Wow. And 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 we want to make sure that there's a scout troop reasonably close nearby. So, sure. so every family doesn't have to drive too far. Yep. Um, and, and there are parts of Western, West, you know, the West Valley, South Phoenix are areas where it's just not convenient. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, we kind of talk about the concept of scouting deserts. I, I heard about the concept of food deserts a few years ago and, uh, you know, parts of different cities where there's not access to a good grocery store. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we have some scouting deserts and, um, it's an appropriate metaphor maybe because we live in the Sonoran desert, Yeah. but, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we have a, a, a Cub Scout pack, a scout troop for boys and a scout troop for girls reasonably close, close to, uh, to every community, every neighborhood, uh, so that, so that every family can participate. And, okay. uh, right now we, we're not there. And, uh, so if we, um, through your community, through your networks, if there are, uh, folks who rec, uh, who represent organizations that can be churches, it can be homeowners associations, it could be businesses, really any kind of an entity, um, that would say, Hey, you know what, we want to use scouting as an outreach to our local community. Yeah. Give us a call. Give me yeah. a call and uh, and we can talk to them and um, and get them going and have a have more scout troops. So more opportunities, kind of like selling gas or selling donuts. It's hard to sell donuts if you don't have enough donut shops. Exactly. We need to get some more donut <laughs> shops out there so we can sell more of our Cub Scout donuts. Yeah, I love that because again, it's uh it's appropriate to understand that like again, the, we want it to be convenient and approachable too, digestible to the 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 families and the individuals wanting to participate. Um, I am well-versed at least in the history or in the knowledge of the jamborees um i understand that there is uh jamboree like i want to know your kind of history it's like how many have you been a part of and just i want to kind of touch upon that just in the fact that like the understanding of what it is um the event and when and where it takes place maybe you can give us some insight and understanding about it a little bit more i just know from the fact that like it's a gathering of the the troops together um 
Um, if you can help me understand it a little bit better and just give a, your personal history with it, that'd be wonderful. Sure. So, uh, so there are jamborees at sort of different levels. There's a world okay. scouting jamboree nice. uh, that occurs every few years. It occurred, actually, the United States hosted it in 2019 in West oh, Virginia. Nice. Uh, first time in 50 or 60 years since the U.S. has hosted it. Um, wow. It's been in England. It's been in Taiwan. It's been in, it's coming up in South Korea this summer. Okay. Um, it's it's all over the world, and scouts from around the world come together, and um, they have fellowship. They learn about each other. There's great cultural learnings that go on, and they have activities and fun, and you know all the things that they do. Um, and then and then also we have national scout jamborees, and it just so happens it's in about three weeks. Okay. Uh, they, nice. they typically occur every every four years. Um, and, uh, and BSA, the national organization, uh, owns a few properties around the country, what we call high venture camps. And uh, there's a high venture uh, camp in West Virginia called the Summit Bechtel Reserve. And uh, it's about, I think, 10,000 square acres. It's it's nestled into the New River Gorge. It's in this beautiful part of the country, beautiful part, you know, a lot of nature and, and just all kind of cool stuff. Trees, you know, beautiful trees and forests. And um, and so we'll have something like 15,000 scouts gathered just from around the United States uh, there, we've got about 60 or so scouts and leaders from Arizona who are going to be traveling over there wow. to participate in that. It's a 10-day program. They they have all kind of fun. They do zip lines and climbing and BMX racing and mountain biking. Uh, I mean, all kind of super cool stuff. Yeah. And um, and I'll be traveling over there for a couple of days to uh, to see that. And um, and then also locally, our our scouts gather every summer for a week of what we call summer camp, sort of a mini jamboree. Yeah. And uh, and right now that's going on at Camp Geronimo for our scouts, our older kids. And then our Cub Scouts are going up to Arbarcy Scout Ranch. Both of those camps are near Payson. And okay. Uh, okay. and they spend the Cub Scouts about three days, two nights with family and the older kids. It's an entire week learning about being a scout, learning life lessons, doing things like the uh the drone camp and learning some of your traditional sort of scouting things like first aid and rappelling and uh not tying you know some of those basics that we've that we've done for a long time but also some of this new and exciting and innovative stuff as well that's awesome i and can i ask how many jamborees have you been like going to <laughs> i've only or? been to i've only been to one. Oh, uh, okay so so i grew up in a little bit of a, a working class um family and sure. so we didn't have the money to to do some of that kind of stuff um had a great scouting experience went camping every single month with our troop and we went to the local camperies but i didn't have an opportunity to do that and uh as a as a person who works professionally in scouting I'm so busy making sure we got everything lined up for our local kids. I haven't had a lot of opportunities to go participate nationally. So I went to that World Jamboree in 2019, had a blast, and I'm going this year to the National Scout Jamboree. Awesome. Um, so I, what I have had the opportunity to, to do, though, is go to the Philmont Scout Ranch, which is one of the other high adventure bases that's based in New Mexico, oh. uh, northeastern New Mexico, kind of east of Santa Fe and east of Taos. Okay. And uh, and I've been able to go over there a, a handful of times and participate in backpacking trips and other nice. uh, scout activities there. So I've had my I've had my full full fun of of scouting high adventure, but not too many times to the jamboree. Yeah, that's totally fine. I mean, that is so like incredible that you even got to experience one time. That's just really great because I've always kind of looked at it like this is a gathering, like this is a true gathering of individuals. And like when you have this many incredible people who want to help and it's just a beautiful testament of what the Boy Scouts have been over the last couple of decades is like just having these gatherings. One of the other aspects I'd love to kind of understand or approach just because I'm Native American and from a tribe here in Arizona. What are some of the things or kind of, uh, I guess, networking or partnerships that you have with, I mean, because there's over 20 tribes here in Arizona that you've 
maybe done an, an event or sign a kind of work in a partnership uh, aspect? Is, can you give me a little insight on that? Just, I mean, I know from that site that you were just talking about in New Mexico, there's uh, the Pueblo tribe out there um, over by Santa Fe. I just want, I know, I know Boy Scouts do really a lot of things with, um, together. I'd love to understand that aspect because the tribes have always been kind of my, you know, passion and bread and butter just because they, they just mean so much to me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as someone who's been in Arizona for just um, not quite five years, I've really gotten a kick out of learning about the the cultures here, the Native American communities uh, in Arizona. And one of the first things I did was go visit the Herd, uh, Herd, the Herd Museum and learn about um, some of the history. And um, so we have a long running um, relationship with the Hopi community. Here, that's here my Arizona. tribe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's my so, tribe. Um, so there's, an, there's sort of a subgroup within the Boy Scouts of America called Order of the Arrow. Um, think of it like the National Honor Society for Scouting. Yeah. And um, our best and our brightest are elected by their peers into this. And then they get additional training and, and leadership opportunities and fellowship and so forth. And, and going back to the earliest days, it was heavily based on Native American traditions. Mm -hmm. uh, and over the years, we've learned as we've become more aware of cultural appropriation and using things appropriately from other mm -hmm. cultures. We've we've across the country here in Arizona with the Hopi community, um, we've we've taken a, a very thoughtful approach to making sure that we are being respectful yeah. where we where we rely on aspects of these different cultures yeah. um, so that we're respectful and and kids can learn and celebrate those cultures. Um, and we continue to evolve and learn and grow. Um, here in Arizona, our um, that Order of the Air group, we call it a lodge, and our lodge is called Wiki, who is actually a chief of the Hopi community. That's awesome. And, I love um, that. And he came and actually worked for the Boy Scouts here, and he's the namesake of our Order of the Air Lodge. And um, and so uh, we have had for decades, many, many decades, a very close relationship with the Hopi community. Um, and um, we've worked on and off with Navajo and some of the other communities. We've got a variety of scouts um, in our in our scouting programs here in Arizona who are members of different tribal communities. Yeah. And uh, we don't have enough, but that's because we don't have enough scouts overall. Yeah. And, uh, and we want to continue to um, strengthen those relationships. Yeah, I think it's really wonderful in the aspect of like the kind of leadership and the kind of community involvement, the program that you guys bring together I think really works well with those tribes because it just again there's that level of like you know training and and mentorship that I feel like would work really well with the tribes and really well with the the, the actual um, youth there because there's a lot of um, knowledge base understanding and, and actually verbal knowledge that I think would work really beautiful together with the scouts and so Thank you for giving me insight into that. I would love to talk to you more about it off air, um, yeah. but I'm going to move forward into kind of um, just the kind of future aspect for you and just seeing your, um, as you grow into this position, um, do you see yourself in different roles or different things that are worth some of future goals that you're trying to, maybe we can help you um, put into the universe and maybe get you to that goal with the, just your insight and just understanding, help us understand what the, what your B, uh, Grand Canyon council needs. And so maybe we can put that out into the airwaves and help you out. Yeah, absolutely. So the, 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 the biggest and most important goal we have is we want to make sure every kid knows they're invited to join scouting. Awesome. Um, there have been times in the past where we've heard that we haven't been welcoming of all kids from all backgrounds 
And uh, we wanted just every chance we get to say, hey, we welcome all kids, all families, regardless of the background. And we have to make sure that we're perceived that way, right? Mm -hmm. We have to be welcoming and inclusive, and we have to be perceived to be welcoming and inclusive uh, of all kids and, and their families. You know, we help kids discover and build character uh, in fun and engaging ways. And that's a yeah. that's a resonant thing. When you tell a parent that's what scouting does, they go, I want that for my kid. Yeah. Um, and then and then so we've got to make sure that we that we invite those families. We did some research through Arizona State uh, University here a couple of years ago uh, where we focused in on families of elementary school age kids. And we said, um, what do you know about scouting? What do you know about Grand Canyon Council, Boy Scouts of America? And we were very thoughtful and strategic with them to ensure that we are getting a cross-section of people geographically across um, Arizona, socioeconomically representative and racially and ethnically representative, right? We want to make sure a good cross-section of today's families. Yeah. And, and what we heard broadly was we think scouting is supposed to be good. We just we just don't really know much about it. We, we don't yeah. know how you Involved. We've never been invited. So the number one most important thing we've got to do is invite every family. So um, kids can join scouting anytime during the year. Uh, they can join right now in the summertime. They can join when the school year starts. They can join right after the holidays, whatever works, right? Kids join scouting whenever it works. We welcome them. We encourage them. We want the families involved as well. One of the things that's a side benefit that a lot of families don't know is that scouting strengthens their family. Mm. Uh, I have a cousin who's a divorced mom and uh, her son's graduated and grown up now. But when he was about 10 or 11 years old, he was a Cub Scout and then mm -hmm. became a Boy Scout. And when we talked about, she and I talked about the things that he had learned and the things they had done together to draw them closer as a mother and a son. She said, Andy, there were things that we did because his Scout badge required it that yeah. I'm embarrassed to say I never talked to him about what should we do if there's a fire in the house and where should we meet? How do we get out of the house? Yeah. She said, I'm so embarrassed. It didn't occur to me to talk to him about that, but we did it because the scout badge required it. Beautiful. We're closer, right? We're safer. We're, we're all these different great attributes. And a lot of people don't know, those are some of the side benefits of scouting. It benefits mm -hmm. the entire family, draws them uh, more tightly together, strengthens yeah. them. So the number one thing we want to do is make sure every single family is invited to, to become a scout family. I think that's wonderful because as, as I, my son, who's now two and a half, as he gets a little bit older and as he's, you know, growing and learning and things like that, I just, again, I want so much for him to understand that there's, there's different aspects of life that we can't cover all the time as, as parents, like we sometimes forget, or sometimes you just are misinformed or miss, you know, don't have the information to guide them. Um, so I think aspects like this or your church community or something like that, where you have to learn alongside the child is definitely a beautiful moment to for growth and not only the child and the parents relationship, but also in the community as well. There's, there's so much more to, um, I guess, a lot of these different uh, groups that bring to light some of the things that you may not know or may not even understand. So kudos to you and kudos to the Boy Scouts for um, making that more digestible, you know, approachable and understanding that the that everyone is included and everyone needs to, to everyone should have the opportunity to learn and grow. So even at and an older age, an adult. Uh, so I, th I think that's really great that that relationship between the parent and the child and the scouts um, are continuing forward like that. So uh, I think we've kind of covered everything that I want to talk about, but is there anything that I feel like, you know, you feel like we missed out on or want to want to cover as far as um, the Boy Scouts there? Yeah, I think the main thing that I'd like to cover is um, 
we use outdoor adventures. We use outdoor experiences as a classroom to mm. teach the life lessons, to teach the values of scouting. Um, the ultimate mission of scouting is to help uh, to for young people to be to make ethical and moral decisions uh, based on the values of the scout oath and the scout law. Yeah. And uh, so the outcomes of scouting, like leadership, self-confidence, life skills, those are really happy accidents that occur as a result of these other um, the, the, the direct mission. And I think that sometimes people casually you know, hear about scouting and go, oh, it's just a camping club or it's, you know, it's just an outdoors thing or it's so much more than that. Yeah. And we use that outdoor as a lure to bring kids in, to bring families in so that we can ultimately teach young people to make decisions based on the scout law. A scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, right? There's 12 different points to that. There, there are words that we live by in scouts and there are words that I think every parent would say, I would like for my son or daughter to live by these things, right? Yeah. And uh, and so uh, Baden-Powell was the person who created scouting. He was an English um, uh, military officer back yeah. in the late 1800s, early 1900s. He created scouting uh, in England and it spread like wildfire across the world uh, and here to the United States. And he described scouting as a game with a purpose. Nice. Like There's that. so much more to it than the camping and the hiking and the first aid and the cooking pancakes and bacon and eggs for breakfast or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It might be. Um, it's ultimately a game with a purpose. It's here to teach young people the values of the scout oath and the scout law. And when I see some of the crazy stuff in the news, right, that we see in business or politics or here or there, I think to myself, boy, if more of these people had been scouts, I bet we wouldn't have some of this crazy that I'm seeing. Yeah. And uh, so I'm really excited about the future. I'm excited about growing scouting and having more kids involved in scouting here in Arizona. And uh, and we like to say that we're changing the future through mm -hmm. scouting. And I really believe that we are um, because you can't be a scout and not be a better person as a result. That's, I mean, I can't, ask for a better conclusion to to our conversation than that because that is truly what i've been um that's the thing that i've learned most from these nonprofit organizations is just that level of uh, leadership level of guidance and the level of um kind of like i like to say citizenship essentially when it comes um for me and trying to understand every single one of them is just you know um wanting to treat others like you wanted to be treated. So thank you again for giving me such precious time of your day, Andy. And I like to leave our conversation with you letting us know where people can find you online, how they may approach coming to you or setting up a meeting with you. Um, the floor is yours. Thank you, Jose. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure to meet you and to talk a little bit about scouting. And we are fortunate here in Arizona that we have so many different nonprofit organizations, so many youth programs where kids can plug in, find their passion, whether it's the Boy Scouts of America, the Girl Scouts, the 4-H, the Y, the sporting programs, right? There's so many different things yeah. that kids can do, and, uh, and it makes all of them better. Uh, if people would like to learn more about scouting, uh, two websites I'll share with you. I work with Grand Canyon Council BSA, mm -hmm. uh, so Grand Canyon bsa.org is our website. Okay. Uh, Google Grand Canyon Council, it'll pop right up. Uh, and then the other one is beascout.org, beascout.org. A parent can plug in a zip code for their where they live and, and say, hey, I'm interested in Cub Scouts or a scout troop, uh, and it'll pull up those in the local area. 
And so those two websites are the ways folks can uh, can reach out and get involved in scouting. And uh, my my phone number and email and all that kind of stuff's on the website. So that's the easiest way. It's just remember GrandCanyonBSA.org. Jose, thanks again for having me. It was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. Before you go, we do have an outro for us. You can hear every episode of our podcast at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. We make it easy for you to contact us at FindingArizonaPodcast at gmail.com. Last but not least, if you want to stay social with us, that's Finding Arizona Podcast under all social media. And with that, we say kisses, hugs, and belly rubs to our four-legged friends, and we will see you next time.